0: Here we go. Another beautiful day here. And yes, folks, it's another episode of the Critical Condition Sports Podcast, wherever you may be and however you're listening. Thanks for joining me on today's episode. Got a good one for you today, folks. I have mixed martial artist Jesse Arnett on the show. That is Jesse Big Cat Arnett coming on the show, man. It's going to be fantastic. Um, You know, Jesse has been in the game for over 10 years. He's got a lot of experience. He became a fan of just mixed martial arts when you know the whole forest griffin and stephen bonner came into fruition and we had that fight in the season one finale of the ultimate fighter obviously a lot of people became uh, fans of the mixed martial arts game when we saw that first fight how could you not write epic fight that is jesse big cat arnett again joining us for this episode today but real quick folks before we get into this I want to go ahead and give you all my daily plug-in. Please follow Critical Condition Sports on Instagram at Critical Condition Sports on Twitter at Condition Talk. And if you're looking for that extra content, folks, we have a YouTube channel. Go to our YouTube page, link in the description below, or you can just go to YouTube and type Critical Condition Sports and check out that page there. I'm giving you a little bit of extra sports content on there this week. I put on uh, the Ultimate Fighter season twenty nine episode one review. I was joined by Jonah Rawls from Behind the Grind. Fantastic guy. He's got a lot of knowledge in the sport of mixed martial arts, and I was happy I was able to do that. Now, for that, now in the show, The Ultimate Fighter, uh, Season 29, airing on ESPN+, I'm going to be doing weekly reviews on that. That'll be on the YouTube channel, and I'll start adding them on here, seeing how traction get is for that. I'll start adding it as bonus content here on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcast. And just so you know, this podcast is available in YouTube, and wherever else you get your podcast from as well. Remember that. So you'll always get these episodes on here. But again, if you want to go the extra mile, get that extra content, go to our YouTube channel on there. It's Critical Condition Sports. Now, big week, right? Mixed Martial Arts, the return of the Ultimate Fighter after three a three-year hiatus, the Ultimate Fighter return. Dan Argueta, pick number one. I'm telling you, folks, buy stock now in Dan Argueta. I'm really, really confident that he's going to go at least to the finals. I expect nothing less from him and i'm sure he expects nothing less from himself you know he's a fantastic athlete five and zero. he is uh brian ortega's number one pick with that um you know it's gonna be a fantastic season folks If we've seen the previews already um it was a hell of a first episode there i'm telling you all dan argueta buy the stock in there and check out uh gilbert urbina on there as well he's a real grand valley boy uh you know pulling for him fantastic fighter as well he's six and one lost to sean brady who's the cream of the crop in the ufc right now um keep your eye out for him man i'm telling you it's going to be a crazy season i'm pretty positive we're going to get a good crop of new ufc fighters and competitors going into the ufc now from this show no doubt about that there's a future champion in this season so go ahead and check that out in our youtube channel Now, Jesse Arnett, again, we're talking about the guest on for today. Next week, I'm going to have Corey Hendricks coming on the show. Next week, Corey Hendricks, who is going to be getting ready for his PFL matchup. So I have him coming on next week. That will be available on Friday next week. Busy week for your boy, though. I'm going to Tennessee. I'm going to be checking out the VFC fights that are going on in Knoxville, Tennessee. A lot of great fighters on there. Alexandra the Great, uh, we're trying to get her for an interview here. She's competing on there. Um, you know, she, She's as tough as it comes, so that'll, that'll be going on on tap. This weekend, we have Logan Paul versus Mayweather in an exhibition matchup. I'm not really going to waste my breath in that. I mean, it's an exhibition matchup, folks. If you're into that kind of thing, go for it. There's definitely no judgment zone here. Um, definitely watch that. Uh, I'm not a fan of that. I'm not going to really be uh, paying attention to that matchup. Uh, but to each his own, you know. It's an exhibition match. It doesn't really count. It doesn't matter if Floyd gets his ass kicked or if it's just these guys are dancing around. I mean, there's no judges either. It's an unsanctioned matchup, pretty much. That, that's what I think of this. Other than that, uh, you know, yeah, your Rosenstreichs coming back this weekend. I expect him to come off to go ahead and take care of business and win. Next week we have UFC 263 coming up. I'll definitely be giving you all a breakdown and preview of that. And that's what we got going on in the world of mixed martial arts, folks. I'll be flying in from Tennessee to be able to watch that, thankfully. And in other news, NBA, folks. Oh, my goodness. Is there a bigger train wreck, in my opinion, than the Clippers? Jesus, folks. It's a sad day when I have to tell you that the New York Knicks have a better direction than the Los Angeles Clippers. It's crazy, right? Yeah, I know that the Knicks lost 4-1. But regardless, Tom Thibodeau in place. Obviously, we do know that there's clarity here. Julius Randle isn't a number one guy, and we've all known that terrible series you know he really struggled Knicks need to get a star Kawhi, big market i doubt he leaves uh, the clippers i think more than anything paul george's job is hanging in the balance here it's crazy though folks that that was my takeaway here i think the the clippers are are more of a mess than the new york Knicks here it's crazy oh my goodness got a crazy things people doubting lebron right now folks calm down relax LeBron James is the best basketball player. Anthony Davis just got cleared. No doubt the Lakers come back, win these next two games, and win the series, folks. Everyone's selling their LeBron stock. Like every single year, I'm used to these kind of things and people being nauseous about this thing. But LeBron's going to make it to the conference finals at least, folks. I don't see anyone beating him, minus the Clippers here. And the Clippers aren't even going to win this series. You can bet on book that right there and bet on that. The, The truth and the reality is here, folks, that the Lakers are going to make the conference finals and they're more than likely make the finals just because of the fact that, look, folks, after this series, when they beat uh, the Suns, they'll play off. They'll, they'll play a depleted either Nuggets team or a Blazers team. Obviously, it's a more favorable matchup. Even without Anthony Davis, I'd pick the Lakers to be able to beat either of those teams. They're just a bigger team and they play really great defensive basketball against these guys. Nuggets, you know, they're short of star in Jamal Murray and you're seeing that. Dame Lillard's, Lillard's a star. He's an absolute G, but he's gonna struggle the later he gets into the playoffs. I mean, it's just a one man show, in my opinion, there. Lakers are going all the way, folks. I don't see Utah being able to stop this team. On now for this one though, in that series though, I they do need Anthony Davis. That's why I'm just saying right now that the Lakers will be playing in the conference finals, guys. That's as far as I get you there. Patriots football, though, before we get into this interview. Jesus, folks! I heard a lot of people hating on me because I'm a Patriots fan and all these things. But here it is. Here's the thing, folks: Mac Jones is nothing special. The dynasty is truly over. I'm tired of hearing, it. "Oh my goodness, Mac Jones looks fantastic, folks." People said that the last what year at least of Jared Stidham, folks? And look at him now. Jared Stidham's probably gonna get cut or traded before the first week of the season. Oh, but he's got an excellent arm, and he's taking leadership and control or whatnot, and he's got some pizzazz, and he's got some attitude. People said the same thing about Johnny Menzo. The truth of the matter is, folks, tell me the last quarterback to come out of Alabama to truly, truly have success. Tua was the one that a lot of people were saying was the best, and you could tell that the locker room split. Some of them, a good percentage of them, don't believe that Tua is the next guy, and he's getting criticized by the media. Unlike guys like Herbert and Burrow, where you know they're the guy, people start raising questions on Tua. Yeah, of course, they're going to roll with him, but people are questioning whether the coach believes in him or not. That's not what you do with a superstar quarterback. A.J. McCarron, 36-4 and four in Alabama. Look what he did. Can't even tell you off the top of my head what NFL team he's in. I believe he's in Houston. So stop trying to tell me, sell me on Mac Jones here, folks. Um, he's not very athletic. The guy... Literally, if you go back and play the tape where he got drafted in the first round, it looks like a freaking Lego piece in his uh baby blue suit. Literally, guys, you can go check that. And that's not not just be being a jerk about this. I'm being critical about this. You mean to tell me that that guy is going to be the successor to Tom Brady, that that guy should at least be talented enough to beat Cam, I know. But you're telling me that that guy is going to succeed in New England and take New England back to the promised land? Nope. Dynasty is over. Dynasty is over. It died on draft night when they passed on Justin Fields. Just watch. Chicago with Fields, they're going to go to the playoffs. As long as they start Fields week one, they'll go to the playoffs. It's terrible. Zach Wilson's going to be a train wreck, that's for sure. But here, Patriots football, it's pretty much done, folks. And, you know, I'm I'm a huge fan. I'm going to root for them. But I'm taking biasness out of this. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. And I'm sure I have great friends that are huge Patriots fans right now that may hear this and may not believe me and argue this, but come on, guys. I've seen I've seen what I need to see from Cam. He gets around him with weapons or Julio or you can get Julio Jones. Nothing's gonna change that. Guy can't throw. Guy can't process defenses properly. Not for a full season when they're giving you their best. Car- worked a little bit in Carolina, but I'm just being honest with you. I mean, the guy even if he can't process the game, I mean, the guy's just very limited. It's run, and that's it. His shot, pretty much, man. Uh, I just don't know what to tell you guys. maxs not the answer. Stidham's not the answer. Cam's not the answer. We'll see. I mean, ultimately, this team will win, you know, 9, 10 games because have a, they have a lot better supporting cast for Cam. But first-round exit's about it. First-round exit's about it, man. That's that. That's my daily sports talk for you folks right there. I'm sure people are going to agree, disagree with me. Let me know. Hit me up on Critical Condition Sports on Instagram at Critical Condition Sports, folks. But I won't keep you waiting it much longer. Let's get to that interview with Jesse Bitcat Arnett. My next guest, he is a mixed martial artist with a record of 18 wins and six losses. You can catch him in his next fight when he takes on former UFC veteran Ray Borg on June 19th. Please welcome onto the show, Jesse Arnett. How you doing, Jesse?
1: How you doing, brother? I am uh, doing fantastic. How's things in uh, wonderful Texas?
0: Texas, man. Texas is not bad right now, man. I mean, um, you know they're o- they're opening up. Uh, you know they're they're really pushing for that right now. The mask mandate is starting to like lift off, and the COVID cases are finally starting to drop here. So it's uh, it, it's starting to feel normal. Not not there yet, but you know it's getting there.
1: Good, good news all
0: around. I wish
1: we could say the same for Canada. However, uh, we're doing our best.
0: Uh, yeah. Are they still having our uh, people? Have they eased off on the mass stuff or not yet?
1: Not yet. We uh, we're still having uh, somewhat of lockdowns. We're doing what we can. There's a lot of basement gyms. Everybody's training in their basement. Bottom line is uh, we're always going to show up prepared like we do every time.
0: Nice. Now, Jesse, uh, before we continue with the interview, so I usually have, like let my guests uh, introduce themselves uh, to the audience. Let's take, take a minute, man, and uh, let the audience know who Jesse Arnett is.
1: Well, uh, you said it. Uh, my name's Jesse Arnett. My nickname is The Big Cat. I've been a professional MMA fighter now for 10 years. Wow, it seems like a long journey. Um, before I got into mixed martial arts, I was on the Canadian national team for wrestling. So uh, wrestling is what led me to uh, mixed martial arts. And uh, you mentioned at the top of the show, I have a record of 18 and six. I have uh, won 15 of my last 17 bouts and uh, June 19th from the Jiu Jitsu arena in Abu Dhabi. I'm looking to make that 16 of my last 18.
0: Awesome, brother. Now, uh, what promotion is this for?
1: This will be for UAE Warriors. They're uh, fairly big in the Middle East. I would say they're the biggest promotion in the Middle East.
0: Awesome, man. And and big fight coming up. I mean, you're taking on a big name. You know, Ray Borg uh, isn't a slouch. You know, he's been in the UFC. And he's fought with the very best. He's, you know, been a challenger for uh, the flyweight championship, I believe. Now, it's a big fight, right? Uh, yeah, on paper,
1: um I say it it's it's my biggest fight to date, but I, I'm no stranger to fighting these UFC guys. I've uh TKO'd Roland Delorme. I, I beat your boy Johnny Bedford in a in a pay-per-view classic. Oh
0: Johnny um, Bedford.
1: Ooh. I, yeah, That's that was one of my best guy. fights. I, I finished Derek Miner. I I've lost to Nathan Manis, who's in the UFC. Um yeah, I'm no no stranger to uh, high level competition. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this matchup with Ray. Uh, I, I believe Styles make fights, and uh, he's, he's the perfect opponent for me. And like you mentioned, he fought for the UFC championship, and uh, he's got a big name. And uh, June 19th, uh, I'm looking to uh, steal his hype.
0: Awesome. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that fight uh, shortly. But before, let's talk about just MMA in general, man. I mean, you've been doing this for about, what, over 10 years now? as far as you know, overall just training rest, whether it's wrestling, mixed martial arts, you've been a competitor for more than 10 years. Correct.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, the theme, the theme seems to be, <laughs> the theme seems to be my age, but, uh, yeah, I joined wrestling in, in high school in like 1998. And, uh, I was fortunate enough to be a three-time national champion out of high school. And then I got a full scholarship to Simon Fraser university and, uh, I was able to wrestle NCAA-level wrestling out of Vancouver, Canada. And um, I was Olympic alternate. Um, I was number one born Canadian for years and years. I ended up retiring from wrestling. I saw the UFC on TV. I was 27 years old, and I said, hey, man, um, maybe I should try that. And then uh, my first few fights, I didn't even really take it serious. And uh, I'm a wrestler, and I didn't even wrestle it. I'd show up to the casino on Friday nights and I thought it was fun just to get in a fist fight. So uh, about four or five fights in, I started taking it serious. And then uh, I went on a 12 fight win streak there. Uh, in between 2014 and 2017, I didn't lose a match. I took a couple losses to Nathan Manis, Joss Hill, top level guys. And now we've battled back. I'm on another three fight win streak. And uh, here we are fast forward a couple of weeks about to be four fight win streak
0: there you go I love the confidence now was there a specific fighter that you saw that uh really I guess inspired or really motivated you into getting into mixed martial arts it's funny because
1: I started watching right when uh Stefan Bonner and Forrest Griffin had that brawl that intrigued that intrigued everyone Uh, so I I'm one of those guys I'd like to sit here and say I'm not but I'm one of those guys who was told to uh turn the tv on the channel and uh I think we joined during the second round and and after that everybody was looking for martial arts gyms in their cities I was still wrestling at the time at a high level and uh at the time I never thought I would get involved but uh it was definitely the Stefan Bonner Forrest Griffin fight that that intrigued me and then uh Chuck Liddell and uh Randy Couture it, it was a cool era, the affliction era, I remember it as. So uh, that's definitely my uh, influences
0: early in the sport. Oh, I could definitely relate. I remember, I mean, that Forrest Griffin and stuff at Bonner fight, still one of the best fights that we'd ever seen in the history in the UFC. Just a fantastic blood war, man, you know? It was intense. And to be on, to be
1: on live TV at the time, like now the UFC is a bit saturated and you can flip through a fight no problem. But, but back then when you've seen that, yeah. nobody could change the channel it was really intriguing
0: <laughs> yeah and you know we've seen plenty of those I remember uh, I grew up uh, watching like Tito Ortiz and uh, in that same time frame that you said you know Tito Ortiz Chuck Liddell was like a huge rivalry and you know Randy Couture and then Tito and Ken Shamrock man oh my goodness that was that those were hell of a rivalry you know crazy times
1: yeah the the golden era of MMA yeah
0: man it's it's crazy scene how uh, the sport has evolved you know from that very first matchup to you know we're in UFC 200 past 200s you know it's crazy
1: everybody knows how to everybody's got arm lock defense everybody knows how to get out of a triangle yes everybody can box a little bit everyone's got some wrestling defense yeah it's changed these kids are 22 years old and they're they're coming in well-rounded where where when I started everyone had a discipline you were either good at one of them and then you tried to put it together
0: yeah and you know what's crazy about the sport and i think it's just like this in any league that you're in evolution like evolution is a big thing right now times change nowadays we're seeing a lot of you know 20 21 year olds get into the big dance like the ufc and other organizations to try to compete at a very high level and i think that a lot of people would a lot of people used to think was that it mean you'd have to be you know a thirty-year, uh, thirty-plus-year-old veteran to be able to get into that stage. So competition's evolving, you know. Times have changed, man. It's
1: more of, uh, it's more, bo- more like boxing now. You're better off to fight a bunch of tomato cans. Be twenty-two years old, get your record to five and zero, and and now you've got a future in the UFC. And where when I was coming up, uh, you had to beat the tough guys to get in. So uh, it's definitely changing. I'm just happy blessed to still be competing i i have longevity in the sport um i'm with my boy johnson right now one of my coaches uh i'm improving i'm i'm better than i was yesterday and i'm, I'm still improving and uh, i'm very thankful for competition and i can't wait for this one man uh, i have something to prove again
0: and uh i'm looking to finish this guy definitely now have you always trained in canada
1: yes um okay. I'm from Canada, but I'm lucky. When when I was a young man, I got to go to Russia a lot. I've I've been to Cuba. I've been I've been around the world wrestling. I was on that circuit. I was actually on the Canadian national team, and we traveled around with Henry Cejudo and and Ben Askren and Daniel Cormier. And those were the guys that I was on the road with all the time. And the Canadians always stuck close to the U.S. team. So. If you look at MMA, that, that, those guys were the best MMA fighters that came out of wrestling. And and I was lucky enough to grow up with them, actually. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very looking back on it now. Uh, very grateful that I had those experiences around the world.
0: Definitely. Now, going from, you know, all the way back to your first matchup to, to now, Jesse, is the has the preparation, the way you prepare have changed? Or has, have you maintained the same process over and over again throughout all these fights for you?
1: Um, yes and no, I say, I say I'm the same. Our, we're from wrestling, wrestling background. We work hard. Uh, you, you try not, you try to be the first one there. You try to be the last one to leave. Uh, wrestlers will all tell you the same thing. Now that I'm getting a little bit older, more experienced, maybe, uh, rest is better sometimes, but yeah, more or less, it's been the same, uh, hard work, uh, has gotten me where I'm at. And today we continue it.
0: What about the way you handle fight day though? A lot of people, you know, um, from my experience, from people I've told me is a lot of people have the nerves still. And that doesn't change to a lot of people that I've said, some of them with experience just tell themselves, it's just clockwork for you. Where's your head at when it's fight day for you? That's
1: crazy. You say that because you know, the more I'm really comfortable in that the more fights I get, uh, I wish it was more pressure sometimes uh, to wake me up, you know? And uh, yeah. like you mentioned, it's just like clocking in. What, what Before, when I first started, you'd be a little uneasy. Now, when I'm coming to the ring, you want things to get going. You want to get the range. You want to throw the first punch. You want get, to get the fight going. You're a little eager for the
0: fight. So yeah. uh, experience definitely helps. Now... Going through, you know, the actions of, you know, fighting, how was it like when you took like your first hit, your first like actual, like hard hit in, you know, MMA competition, man? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it was a little, it was in a sense, a little awakening, but let me get that through your eyes, man.
1: I remember it actually. It was like, guy. he's my friend now. They're all my friends <laughs> now, but his name was Wolfgang Jansen and uh, he kneed me right in the head. <laughs> that, oh, was the that was the first one. The first one i got oh, neat you know what i was so dumb it didn't do anything to me i just continued going forward but i remember i saw a little bit of stars and uh i remember okay this is real this isn't wrestling <laughs>
0: Yeah. so I, I always remember the first hit that's funny that you say that it's crazy though uh, a lot of people will tell me that oh okay well like now i'm in a real fight some people have said oh I've stayed. i'm like i was in a there's a sense of like shock in a sense so, you know, it's a, you know, I've never been in that situation. uh But, you know, you guys are, you know, you are the experts when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's fun. It's all fun.
1: Hey, just to get in there and compete at a high level, man, uh, a lot of people would love to be in that position, especially right now with all these crazy times. Us mixed martial artists are still traveling the world. And if anything, there's more shows now during the pandemic than there was before. And if you're a veteran like myself and, there's a lot of opportunities. So uh, I'm thankful for this.
0: Yeah. Now let me shift to this, Jesse. So you talked about it right now. Times are different right now. They're going to become uh-huh. very difficult and they were difficult for the longest time this past, you know, year, year and a half that this has, you know, been going on and it's been real stressful for you as an athlete. What were some of the challenges that you had to endure or how difficult was it to even be able to prepare to get into a fight with all these restrictions going on and a lot of unknown to be honest at the beginning it was tough because
1: uh everybody was listening but uh i'm from alberta i don't know if you know canada too well but we, we're the we're the texas of uh, of canada right so okay. so we're we're unliked a little bit here so uh we're doing what we can um professionals are still training uh where we can we're getting work done in the basement and uh we're, we're i'm meeting up with my coaches and. Uh, we're getting work done in the private, not, not in groups, but uh, we're doing what we can to be prepared. And like I mentioned, having experience helps. I've got a lot of fights now. This will be my 25th professional fight. I have hundreds and hundreds of wrestling matches, uh, world championships, Pan Am championships, Commonwealth championships, uh, everything short of the Olympic games. So I, uh, I have a nice background for uh, what we're
0: doing, and uh, it carries over now. I use my experience. Oh, def- definitely. Now, so you know what? So, the interesting part is so I knew a fighter, uh, Diego Fejeda. Faj- He's a UFC fighter um, in the Rio Grande Valley. That's where I'm originally from. Cool. And he was talking to me about, you know, through his school and how they got caught because, you know, restrictions were hardcore and oh, people wow. were really on the fence about that, and they got caught training. Well, you know what I realized though is so the Rio Grande Valley is like the bottom of the bottom in Texas. Okay. So there's no like basements there. There's oh There's no like wow. no basements there to like it would have train. So oh. I think you'd be able to get away with that a little bit more in Canada. Where I mean, is are having basements like a normal thing?
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. Every, everybody's got a basement gym now, and and the crazy thing is a heavy bag online is three hundred dollars more than it used to be. So everybody's taking. It. Taking advantage of the pandemic, but it is what it is, man. Uh, I I get my work where I can, and uh, things are starting to ease up a little bit now. So uh, I'll be ready. I'm ready right now. If we had to fight, if I had to hop out of the car right now and go with Ray Borg right now, we'd be ready.
0: Definitely. Now, how how far off training camp usually does like a mixed martial artist? have to cut uh, weight and start doing like the process, like the whole nutrition process where you really have to watch what you're, what you're eating and what you're putting in your body. How far out usually is it about two weeks a week?
1: Yeah. I, I like to eat pretty clean the whole camp because, mm-hmm. uh, how you're going to feel and what you're eating during camp is probably what you're going to have fight week and how you're going to, how you're going to train, you know, you don't just make weight and then go eat shitty again. Right. You keep eating what you were eating during camp. And, uh, I, I'm a fairly big weight. I'm 154, 153 pounds right now. So I will water load. Uh, shout out to my, uh, my guy, Tyler Wellen, Coach CJ, for uh, helping me with all my cutting weight and rehydration. So uh, I'm on point. Uh, it's
0: tough. I have to earn 135 pounds, but I always do. Now, so how important is rehydration after you weigh in? It's the
1: most important thing, man. you got to get the salts back into you. And then, like I keep saying, going back to experience, um, we got it down now. Uh, right after the weigh-in and those hours up into the fight are probably the most important. Getting the salts back into you, the electrolytes, and uh, just finishing camp strong. You know, camp's not done until the bell rings. Definitely. Because you got to eat clean. You got to stay focused. Uh, you don't just make weight and then uh, you get all happy for a second, but then you realize, oh, shoot, I got to fight tomorrow night.
0: No, no, definitely not for the audience that don't know this process, though, Jesse. Uh, yeah. So as soon as you weigh in, though, afterwards, it's not just water that you're drinking, correct? I'll drink water mixed with salt, maybe uh,
1: maple syrup, lots of sea salt inside, electrolytes. Okay. Yeah. And then you want to drink maybe for an hour or two before you start to eat, right? You don't want to eat right away. And then, and then, uh, I don't know. My, my guy can tell it to you better. I just listen to him and it works, <laughs> but a lot of guys are eating right away. You don't want to even go eat pasta. You know, you want to, you want to eat some good carbs, some clean protein and fruits and vegetables.
0: Not Okay. So that's so you see, I didn't know that. So a lot of people just would just assume that you're just drinking like plain water afterwards, and that's pretty much it. But it's essential to get the salts back into your body. BCAAs,
1: branch chains amino acids, and Himalayan sea salt, maple syrup, honey, um, some salt and vinegar chips. Even you know what Mm -hmm. I mean. You got to get some salt back into you. The main thing we lose when we're losing twenty pounds is salt, and then a lot of guys will get like diarrhea or like just like. You you don't get everything, especially if you're early in your fight career. Guys don't put the weight back on properly. You're nervous all night. You're not getting any sleep. Plus, you're low on salt. Bad combination.
0: How tough is the night before a weigh-in? I've had some sleepless nights. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's not fun, man. But the reward outweighs everything, man. When it's all over, you get your hand raised, or you're in a you're in a fun battle, and uh, you know you sacrifice for two three months at a time and uh you did all the right things and uh yeah you're rewarded man
0: now what can the audience expect uh, from jesse arnett when he's going to take on ray borg june 19th
1: things are good man um when i was on a 12 fight win streak i think 10 of them were finishes you know and there were no slouches uh i'm going back to finish um I'm seeing a sports psychologist now. I, I always thought mm, maybe I didn't need one. I'm, I'm pretty mentally strong. However, uh, lately I've been okay with the decision where before I was never okay with the decision. So uh, what you can expect on June 19th is uh, me coming forward with a smart game plan, uh, imposing my will and breaking this man down and, and, and getting a second to third round finish. And I can almost guarantee it styles make fights and i'm just a bad matchup for this guy all around i'm five foot nine with a 69 inch reach southpaw awkward uh efficiently awkward straight punches he's uh, five foot four with a 63 inch reach and uh the ufc cut him maybe because because he's always going decision doesn't mean that he can't finish people it just uh styles make fights man and uh I'm a horrible matchup for this guy all the way around. And, uh, June 19th, I I get to show the world why I'm one of the top bantamweights.
0: Definitely. Now, besides this matchup here, Jesse, what is your goal for 2021? What do you hope to accomplish by the end of the year?
1: I hope to, uh, to be honest, I hope, I hope I can put, I know I can put this man away and then, uh, I deserve a UFC contract. However, I will fight on this contender series show in the fall. If, uh, if that's the route I got to take, my goal is to beat Ray Borg and fight on the contender series or finish Ray Borg and fight for the UAE warriors world title later on this summer. Uh, one or the other, I will be happy, happy with either, or, but, uh, my management knows my team knows, um, this is what we want. We want UFC or I uh, want a title shot with UAE Warriors. However, with this to happen, I need to put Ray away. I need to finish him June 19th and it's uh it's life or death for me, man.
0: Awesome. So, the contender series is would be an option for you? Let's hope they're they're, they're
1: signing everybody else right now. Guys I'd smoke. So, there's a lot of politics behind it. Um contender series is isn't is a whole I'm hoping for
0: this, yes. Awesome, awesome, Jesse. Now, before real quick before we wrap it up, is there anything you want to let the audience know or any message you want to shoot out now?
1: I'm just super thankful uh, for you having me on the program. I'm, uh, thank you to my coaches at Avalonka, my uh, Padman Johnson, everybody, man. It's a team effort, and uh, we're going to whip up a four-fight win streak, and I'm going to finish Ray Borg In three weeks, my word.
0: Man, I can't wait for that one. Now, where can the audience uh, catch this fight?
1: If you follow me on social media, it's uh, Jesse Arnett on Instagram. Big Cats Real on Twitter. Jesse Arnett on uh, Facebook. YouTube Live plays UAE Warriors every time. And it will be 1 p.m. mountain time by the time I hop in the ring saturday night in abu dhabi sunday morning here in north america so you guys can uh have a barbecue have some lunch and watch the
0: big cat eat his brunch there we go man that is uh jesse arnett jesse thanks for coming on the show man thank you man and uh hey man best of luck to you brother texas strong baby hey there there we go jesse yeah yeah. Uh, Thanks, Jesse, for coming on. And to all the audience, thank you for listening. Uh, If you're going to be going out this week, just be safe, folks. I'll catch you later, guys. Goodbye.